Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by Jacob Schrader. How are you doing today, Jacob? Um, I'm doing okay. You know, it's it's a tough season as a Rams fan, um, but I don't know. I, I, I've had fun watching the NFL nonetheless. It's uh, been more of a fantasy focus for me, but, you know, enjoying it because you only get the NFL season about a third of the year, so it's it's fun while you're in it. Very, very true. And Jacob and I have a special Thanksgiving episode for you guys today. Instead of doing our usual start and sit, we're basically going to recap the year, give our top surprises, position by position, disappointments, where we went wrong. Maybe we had were too high in a player and they just played like garbage this year. But we have a few other segments, so this should be a fun episode. All right. Well, let's get started, Jacob, with the top surprises and disappointments part of this. So we're going to focus on quarterbacks, obviously, because that's the number one position that I feel like frustrates me more than anything. If you don't get your quarterback situation right, chances are the rest of the season, you're pretty much toast because obviously no one's going to drop a Josh Allen or a Jalen Hurts or a Pat Mahomes. So if you get those mid-tier guys and they don't pay an after you, you're pretty much screwed. So first of all, let's start with the quarterback surprises. These are the guys that no one drafted or maybe a few people drafted, but in the late rounds, but they really have come out and they've really been a star this year. And my top three surprises are obviously Justin Fields. He's just exploded the last few weeks. Geno Smith, who no one even thought he would still be the starter by this time, this time at the beginning of the season. And Daniel Jones, who many doubted if he would be the starter still for the Giants, and he ranks in the top 10 as well in fantasy quarterbacks to start the season. So based on my three, Jacob, how about you? What are your top three quarterback surprises this year? Yeah, I mean, you, you, yours are all great picks. I, uh, I do remember thinking before the year, you know, I wasn't on the Seahawks hype train. I wasn't going out and, and saying, I think the Seahawks will be good. But I always, in the back of my head, was like, you know, Geno Smith was not that bad. And then they have those crazy wide receivers. So to some degree, I'm just happy for, for Geno. You know, he had such a tough time in New York, but he's really revitalized his career. Um, and obviously, Justin Fields has has just been kind of a cannon shot out of nowhere. But, you know, my three biggest surprises were Tua, you know, Tua from Miami, Joe Burrow to some degree, and then Marcus Mariota. You know, Tua, I guess, you know, I didn't see enough from him last year to warrant just the success he's having this year. I think, you know, he's played so well with Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill is pretty close to being on pace with the all-time receiving yardage record. Um, I actually think he's on pace to break it, but he has an extra game over Calvin. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Tua's just been lights out. He has such good chemistry with McDaniels. I see awesome Instagram clips. I I mean, McDaniels has got to be my favorite coach at this point. I mean, he's funny in press conferences. He's literally, you know, in a sense, making jokes with, with Tua on the bench, you know, he asked him, do you want to go left or right? And Tua said, you know, I want you to choose. And it was it was all in such a stress-free manner. Uh, it, it shows the level of confidence they have in each other. And and that's powerful. Um, Tua has been dominant this year. I mean, the, the Miami Dolphins are almost Super Bowl contenders, right? They're pretty close. So that's a surprise to me. Lefties, I don't expect to do well, but he's doing great. Yep. Joe Burrow, you know, I just think, you know, even after – Jamar Chase went down. He's been lights out. I mean, he has been so good. 
Uh, I think he was drafted reasonably high, but he wasn't drafted uh, in the top three of quarterbacks, which where he is where he is this year. Um, he's kind of picked it up as of late. He started slow, but he started slow last year. Um, I've been surprised that Joe Burrow has been as good as he is. And then Mariota. Um, Mariota is another guy I like, and he's been good. He's, he's 13th ranked quarterback right now in my league. Um, that's certainly a surprise. I, I did not see Mariota being as good as he was. Yeah, Mariota actually is a good surprise, too, because I thought for sure the Falcons would be tanking this year. They did draft Desmond Ritter in the second round in the NFL draft last year, so you presume that he was already going to be the starter by then. But they're right in the thick of the race in the in the NFC South. I believe they're only one game behind Tampa Bay, and they're very much alive to win that division. So Marcus Mariota, I've always been a fan of him going back to his Oregon days, so it's nice to see him enjoy a little success. I do think the Titans might have moved off of him quicker than they probably should have. I don't think there's any reason he can't be doing in Tennessee right now what Ryan Tannehill's doing. Probably maybe even better because he's more mobile than Tannehill. But I definitely agree with all of those. I I was not a fan of Tua entering the season. He's just totally surpassed my expectations. He's inserted himself into the MVP race, which is insane. So yeah. I uh yeah, he's right up there with Pat Mahomes, probably number one and two, one one A, I would say. To who's leading the MVP. I know he does have some great receivers with Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, but give credit where credit is due for sure. Oh, yeah. Now let's move on to the disappointments. So my top three quarterback disappointments this year are Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and Baker Mayfield. I'll highlight Baker Mayfield real quick because I was so high on him when he got traded to the Panthers. I thought him going to a team that had DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson as your top two receivers, Christian McCaffrey in the background, I backfield, I should say, that is the recipe for success. And they were already playing in a weak NFC South. I just mentioned how Atlanta's only one game now. No one expected Tampa Bay to be as bad as they are, but there, this, this division was prime for the taking. If Baker Mayfield showed what he did in 2020, this team could easily be in first place right now. Instead, he's one of the prime reasons that his head coach got fired. Christian McCaffrey got traded. Robbie Anderson's no longer on the team either. DJ Moore just sighs every time Baker Mayfield has to come in the <laughs> line because he has more connection with PJ Walker and fantasy owners as well of DJ Moore. I feel the same way. I don't understand where Baker Mayfield just fell off. He started again this past Sunday against the Ravens. He looked awful. Oh, yeah, he real had bad. two or three interceptions, no touchdowns. He couldn't generate any offense with them. The guy is no longer a viable starter in the NFL. It's sad to see because I was high on Baker Mayfield coming out of Oklahoma. I know a lot of people doubted him. They said that he had a bad attitude. He had behavioral issues. He got arrested when he was in college for excess of being excessively drunk or vandalizing something like that but i thought he really would take a mature step in the nfl he really didn't he's just alienated alienated a ton of players including in the browns when he when he played with odell beckham at jr and jarvis landry so baker mayfield he's my number one disappointment along with russell wilson and tom brady this year how about you jacob yeah, Baker's Baker's been tough. You know, I thought he was like Menzel 2.0, but took it a little more seriously. You know, maybe he does, but he he it's it's not looking good. I don't know if he's had a shoulder injury, but he doesn't have zip on the ball. Um, but moving on to my disappointments, you know, I'm saying Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, and Derek Carr, and I guess I'll highlight Stafford because he's my guy. Um, 
I have started every single fantasy football game I've ever played with Matthew Stafford as my quarterback. So, you know, this, this season has hurt me quite a bit. The fact that he's been as bad as he has. And I think it's a, a multitude of reasons, but it's really the offensive line. I mean, Stafford's a, a good quarterback. He, he may not be an elite quarterback, but I mean, he's pretty close. And, and last year, everyone was saying that he was because they were, you know, a better offensive line protecting him and, and he had, better receivers. Um, I think this falls on the offensive line. I think it falls on Allen Robinson. Um, they did not need to sign him. They did not need to let their their hometown guy, Robert Woods, go to yeah. sign Allen Robinson to $15 million a year. I mean, get someone on defense. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Stafford looked unbelievably good against the Saints last week until he got hurt. You know, throwing 60-yard strikes to 2-2 Atwell. I mean, who even is that? Yeah. But the offensive line has hurt him. He's first in the league in, in touchdown passes of 60-plus yards. They've got stuff going, but it's just he's been under so much pressure, uh, and, and they've got the Super Bowl hangover. So Stafford has been a major disappointment. Yeah, it's funny because a few weeks ago we would have been talking well, – Look at let's look at the quarterback draft class from 2021 because there was five quarterbacks taken in that first round. You had Mac Jones. You had Trey Lance. You had – Trevor Lawrence, you had Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. The fact that Justin Fields is the lead is by far blowing everyone away in fantasy points is ridiculous to me. Everyone was high on Trevor Lawrence coming into the season. They thought he would be a fantasy star. He's nowhere near that. Mac Jones, I doubt. And same thing with Zach Wilson. I doubt they're even on anyone's radar. So it just goes to show you that just because a quarterback draft in the actual NFL draft, not fantasy draft, just because it's labeled as a strong draft doesn't mean these guys are stars. I know the jury's still out. Trey Lance has, hasn't played. He got hurt in the second game of the year. But, I mean, this and even though Justin Fields is performing on a fantasy level, he still can't throw the ball. He's still yeah. for like 153 yards, I believe, 14 for 21 with an interception on Sunday. So it's been it was a disappointing draft class. Yeah, I'll I'll say Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are to me very similar in just their composure and leadership. You know, they they basically both scream the same thing to me. They don't they don't take accountability. You see them they're they're you know I, I don't I I'm going to use this word, but they're kind of the, the first class of Gen Z quarterbacks in my eyes. They're all about flash, right? Trevor Lawrence is talking about playing with swag. Zach Wilson is, I mean, yeah, yesterday it was all over social media. Zach Wilson was asked, you know, you scored three points. You had two yards of offense in the second half. Do you feel like you let your defense down? And he immediately said no. I mean, that that was the most cringe and, and just unaccountability I've ever seen from an NFL quarterback. I mean, I grew up in Connecticut, and, and that's the worst – most you know trust fund baby attitude I have ever seen uh and that's coming from an NFL quarterback I mean that that was unbelievable it was laughable if Zach Wilson starts next week I will be so surprised I mean the Jets are a good team the Jets have a chance to make the playoffs you cannot start a 12 year old at quarterback I mean it, it, it's sad to me it doesn't make any sense yeah I totally agree that press conference was totally just your stereotypical entitled brat that basically nothing's my fault, but yeah, Zach Wilson, everything is your fault. This team was rolling on offense when they had rookie Brees Hall at running back. They were even winning when Joe Flacco, the old guy, was taking over. 
you are terrible. You oh, are yeah. <laughs> there is not one game that can be contributed because Zach Wilson played good. He's not the reason for any of their wins. He's the reason for all their, well, I shouldn't say all because Joe Flacco started a few games. He's the reason for the majority of their losses, though. Zach Ooh. Wilson should be on the bench. Joe Flacco was a top three statistical quarterback when they benched him. I mean, I understand he was your your first round pick recently, but you're playing to win this year. I mean, yeah. you've got an actual shot. You have an unbelievable defense. You're not messing around with it's. It's kind of to me, it's the same situation as Trey Lance versus Jimmy G. I mean, the the 49ers are the best team in the NFL on paper if you if you just take out the quarterback position, and they're not. It's not even close, right? If you take out the quarterback position, the 49ers are the best team. And you can't have a rookie quarterback who's going to make rookie quarterback mistakes. You need a vet. Jimmy G is a B, a B plus quarterback. And that is exactly what you need. I mean, he threw four touchdowns last night. He, he is perfect for the 49ers. And, you know, someone like Flacco, who's old and experienced, is, is the same for the Jets. It's interesting because when I was watching the broadcast last night about, and they were talking about Jimmy G, they said the Cardinals game plan was to take away the run and force Jimmy G to throw. I don't know why Jimmy G gets this bad complex that he can't throw because they did force Jimmy G to throw and he was brilliant last night. Oh, yeah. He mentioned four touchdowns. He was hitting guys on slants. His connection with George Kittle for those two touchdowns was remarkable. Those were both great passes he probably should have had another another few completions but his receivers dropped the ball jimmy g is a legit quarterback in this game and just because he's not utilized like say a tua this year or like aaron Rodgers in years past doesn't mean he's still not talented he's beaten aaron Rodgers in the playoffs every time he's faced aaron Rodgers. <laughs> playoffs. so i don't want to hear this criticism of jimmy g right now if you ask me which nfc team is going to be in the super bowl i will tell you it will be the san francisco 49ers oh, i will yeah. take them over the dallas cowboys i will take them over the philadelphia eagles i will take them over the minnesota vikings even the seattle seahawks i think the 49ers are the best team in the nfc right now and jimmy g is Maybe not the actual, the absolute reason that they are, but he's one of the reasons. If Trey Lance is quarterback right now, this team doesn't have a 500 record, even with Christian McCaffrey. So, San Francisco, stop hating on Jimmy G. The guy's going to take you to a Super Bowl. He's already done it. He probably will get you a win this year. So, stop complaining. Yeah. I, I, told, I told my dad, I said, 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. He said, they're what? They're five and four. I was like, just. Just wait. It's, it's an unbelievably now. sound football team. You know, I, I actually said this, you know, when, when Jimmy G played Aaron Rodgers, it, it must have been four years ago uh, or three years ago in, in the NFC Championship. I, I said this is going to be a blowout. The 49ers are good on offense and they are good on defense, and that is a winning combo. The the Packers were horrible on defense that year. And and guess what? The, the Chiefs, who are most likely going to be their opponent in the Super Bowl, are the same way. I, I see the San Francisco 49ers as the Super Bowl favorite at this point. Totally agree. All right, let's move on to the running backs. Let's start with the surprises of the year. So my top three running back surprises are Damian Pierce, Jamal Williams, and Tony Pollard. I'll highlight Tony Pollard because people mostly drafted him if they had Ezekiel Elliott and they felt like they had a handcuff Pollard because Zeke can get injured from time to time. I don't think anyone expected Tony Pollard to come out and be the number one guy by at this time in the season. Ezekiel Elliott is no longer the number one guy on that team. He's back from injury, but Tony Pollard is the guy to go to. 
he was just amazing this past weekend against the Vikings. And that's not just the first game that he's been awesome all year. You watched him in the past few games with Zeke out. The guy's a number one running back, and he's a top 10 running back once he gets the full-time row when it comes to fantasy football. Heck, he might even get all the way up to top five running back because he can catch something that you don't see a guy like Derrick Henry do. Jonathan Taylor doesn't even get as many catches as you would presume. The guy's just a beast. So Tony Pollard, he's my biggest surprise. And I think he's going to be at least a top five running back in the drafts for the next year or two. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because Zeke, you know, Zeke is, is good. He, but he's good at, you know, I think they complement each other very well. That's true. Right? You know, Zeke is the um, AJ Dillon to Tony Pollard's. Aaron Jones to a degree. And, and, you know, you can't have two good quarterbacks. You can have two good running backs though. So I would be a little bit worried if they re-sign Zeke. Uh, and I think it's a real possibility. Um, but Just my three. Tony Pollard is the eighth highest fantasy scoring running back this season. Eighth. Yeah. Like he, he's above, he's above Aaron Jones. He's above Davin Cook. He's above Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette. Like no one could have predicted that. Yeah. Um, he's good. I, I, I agree with that. My three biggest surprises were Brees Hall, Rashad, Rashad White, and Aaron Jones. Um, and I'm going to highlight Rashad White because if you're a Leonard Fournette owner, you're terrified right now because in the last game, the Bucs played Rashad White out-carried Leonard Fournette. And it's been kind of a, a progressive thing where Rashad White has taken a lot of time away from Fournette, like a lot, a lot of time. And, and it started in the running game, and it's moving to – Really, the the entire field. You know, he's he's playing on third downs now. He's catching passes. Um, Rashad White is good, and and Brady trusts him, and he's a smaller back who's a little shiftier. I've been really surprised by how good he's been, and the fact that he may take over to some degree next year. He may take over for the rest of the season as the lead back. Um, I think there's a lot to like about Rashad White moving forward in his career, especially if he's on the box with Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. I think, like you said, we've seen Leonard Fournette kind of take a step back this year. Rashad, Leonard Fournette's never going to command a high salary at this point in his career. He's getting up there in age. So, and he has a a past injury proneness to him. So I think Rashad White is a good, a good running back to focus on if you're the Bucks, especially if Brady retires this year then then th- this team is going to get absolutely blown up. It's good to have a franchise running back at least, and White should be that guy. All right, let's move on to the biggest running back disappointments. So I'll name my top three, and I'm going to put Ezekiel Elliott, Najee Harris, and Melvin Gordon. I'll pinpoint M- Najee Harris because I was so high on him to start the year. I thought that his his breakout toward the end of the 2021 campaign would carry on to this year. I thought he would have a lot more carries because of the Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett situation that they would rely more on the run game. But the guy has just been non-existent and Warren is is kind of giving him a run for his money as the lead back in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's always been known to have good running backs. Le'Veon Bell, when James Conner, then James Conner took over and he was a number one back in there for a few years. And he still kind of is when in Arizona, when he is healthy. I am surprised that Najee Harris has just been in the slump that he is. He's not even ranked, I believe, in the top 30. If I If I went and looked it up now, I don't have it at the top of my head. 
But Najee, oh yeah, I could look it up now. So he's the 22nd ranked running back to start the season. That's not good considering how high he's been drafted. He was getting drafted as high as in the first round in some drafts. No, and definitely he was getting drafted in the second round. So the fact that he ranks only 22nd in the league for fantasy running backs is just preposterous. He has guys above him like Jeff Wilson, Khalil Herbert, who weren't even starting running backs to start the year. It's crazy how just Najee Harris has fallen. I totally whiffed on him. I really had a lot of faith in him. I know that a lot of people could probably even put Jonathan Taylor up here as being disappointing, but Jonathan Taylor did miss a few games with injury. So, and he has been good as of late. So I don't want to pinpoint that, but those three are my big disappointments of the season. How about you, Jacob? Yeah, my three disappointments, you know, I, I had Najee on here as well. Then I had Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Elijah Mitchell. Um, the latter two, I actually drafted both of them, so it, it's been tough. But Clyde specifically, I, I've just been a little confused as to why they've used him so little in recent weeks. I mean, he's basically gone from, you know, a guy who was scoring two touchdowns every other weekend to a guy who, who doesn't even see the field now. Um, and he was really efficient, and they drafted him in the second round a few years ago. It's just, a, you know, just surprising that they basically – delegated him to to the bench so quickly and he's not been that bad um he's always kind of been involved in their offense and i expected him to pick it up this year you know be the lead back uh, i thought he would see more carries and more receptions because tyreek got traded but he's basically drop he's droppable at this point 100 percent yeah i don't um, think he plays for the i don't think he even starts for them he didn't have one touch this past week it, it's crazy i mean he was he was like the most efficient running back in in the nfl through three weeks and then just doesn't see the ball. And, and Isaiah Pacheco is now their lead back, and they've got McKinnon, who's, who's seeing carries and reception. So, I mean, that's a major bust. He was drafted about 45th uh, in fantasy drafts, and he's he's droppable at this point. Yeah, definitely agree with all those as well. Elijah Mitchell, I know he's been hurt, but he's definitely going to be a disappointment because people drafted him to be a number one guy, and Christian McCaffrey is there now. Though Elijah Mitchell did have a decent game last night, but a lot of that was garbage time yardage. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. So my top three wide receiver surprises are Chris Olave, Christian Kirk, and Gabe Davis. I was going to highlight Chris Olave, but if people listen to this podcast, they know how high I was on him. I was higher than most people in the in the offseason, so I'm not going to highlight him. But Christian Kirk, I didn't realize until I was looking up stats, as I usually do after a fantasy football weekend, but Christian Kirk is the ninth best fantasy football wide receiver this year i didn't realize that and that's maybe because i just don't care about the jaguars and i don't focus on their stats but i didn't realize that christian kirk even ranks higher than cd lamb i know jamar chase has missed a few games but he ranks higher than him he ranks higher than than chris olave t higgins who was getting drafted really high debo samuel amon Ra. like he's he's actually a, one of the most consistent guys if you look at a wide receiver to rely on fantasy so christian kirk props to you i did, did not see that coming what do you think jacob yeah he's been he's been real good uh last three weeks he's actually been excellent um but my three surprises were deandre hopkins tyreek hill and then the seahawks wide receiver duo of dk metcalf and tyler lockett um i guess i'll highlight tyreek hill because i think he was drafted around the 20 26 28 range but he's the wide receiver one right now I mean, he is so far ahead of the the pack. I mean, he is dominating with Tua. He is 
you know, he's kind of it's he's, t- it's taking a little bit of a different role with with the uh, Dolphins. He's not the deep guy. He's the possession guy. I mean, he averages like 11 yards per catch. And then his his counter is, is you know, his his partner, Jalen Waddle, is averaging like 17 yards. I mean, Jalen Waddle is a surprise, too. But Tyreek Hill, I think people didn't didn't think he was going to have the same year. I think, you know, Mahomes is obviously so good, but he, he's dominating in, in Miami. He's having a better year than he may have had with the Chiefs. And that is definitely a surprise. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Tyreek Hill, a lot of people questioned how he was going to perform out of Kansas City. He should have been right up there with the top three of Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase for the top three wide receivers that was getting drafted because he's just been phenomenal. He's he's just loaded with talent. He's so fast. He ranks fourth among wide receivers in fantasy this year. Only Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and Justin Jefferson rank above him so definitely give props to Tyreek Hill let's move on then to the other end and that's the disappointment so Allen Robinson Jerry Judy and Drake London are my three disappointments I'm going to highlight Allen Robinson because I fell into the Allen Robinson hype as well I believe I drafted him I want to say in the fourth round maybe fifth round something like that but I had a lot of better options I could have taken I could have taken like an Amon Ra I took I took Allen Robinson over him it, it was just crazy how he had just hasn't produced. I thought going over to the Rams, he would basically be Cooper Cup's 1A. He's not even he's not even in the top five for the Rams when it comes to receiving. Like you said, Matt Stafford's throwing to Tutu Atwell, 62 yards over him with Cooper Cup out. I know Allen Robinson did manage to get a touchdown against the Saints, but the guy just has been a total letdown all year. I don't want to put the blame all on Allen Robinson because a lot of it at the beginning of the season was he was just not getting targeted. But when it comes to fantasy disappointment, Allen Robinson, you are number one for me. (laughs) How about you, Jacob? My three are Darnell Mooney, Debo Samuel, and DJ Moore. I guess I'll highlight Debo. You know, I was never going to draft Debo this year. I I had him last year, actually, and obviously um, was happy – to, to, ha- to have him, but he was drafted, you know, about 18th overall this year. And it was clear at the end of last season in the playoffs that, you know, Brandon Ayuk was really, really good. And, you know, Kittle is good and, and they've got a strong run game. You know, there's just too many mouths to feed in San Francisco for Debo to produce every game. I do think, you know, in, in terms of raw ability, Debo is an, an unbelievable player. I mean, that dude is basically indestructible. I mean, he is so much heavier than people think he is because of how fast he is. But, you know, the the, the Rams cornerback, Jalen Ramsey, is, is one of the best tacklers in the NFL. And he is basically over when trying to tackle Debo Samuel. He just can't do it. I mean, Debo Samuel is too strong on his feet and too fast to be tackled. Um, he's good, but there's just too many mouths to feed in San Francisco. And C-Mac just, just takes even more touches away from Debo. Yeah, totally agree. I'm like you. I wasn't high on Debo at all. He just seemed one of those guys where last season everything went right for him. No one really knew him. He broke out. I actually thought that Amon Ra would have a fantastic season. I know people thought maybe his breakout would get cut short, but Debo definitely. He was getting drafted in some leagues in the first round, which was preposterous, I thought. But he was definitely always going in at least the second round. So Debo has definitely been a disappointment. I know he's missed a game or two with injury, but still, even when he plays, he's no longer their number one option. 
All right, let's go to tight end. So my three surprises are Zach Ertz, Cole Komet, and Jawan Johnson. And I'll highlight Cole Komet because after the first two weeks of the season, he was persona not grata on the show. Because <laughs> in my defense, he got zero points in each of the first two weeks. Now, this is when Justin Fields was just pretty much throwing air balls up in the air and hoping someone could catch him. But since Justin Fields has been utilizing his legs more, he's a dual threat. So people are guarding him against the run. That brings the front seven to look at Justin Fields as a runner. It has opened up Cole Komet, and Cole Komet has just been wide open on various occasions. It's allowed him to get numerous touchdowns and long touchdowns as well. So I think Cole Komet can thank Justin Fields that Justin Fields decided to start using his legs because now Cole Komet is out of the doghouse, and he's actually the most surprising tight end of the year for me. How about you, Jacob? Yeah, Cole Komet uh, has really picked it up. Uh, my three surprises are David Njoku, Hayden Hurst, and Pat Fryermuth. Um, I'm going to highlight Hayden Hurst, although Njoku, I think we talked about and said, you know, this guy may do something this year because of the money they gave him. He's been spectacular when he's played. But Hayden Hurst has been a real surprise. I mean, he was undrafted in most leagues, and he's a consistent option for Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Um, he had a down week last week, but I mean, he's seeing like four to six receptions each week. He's scoring some touchdowns and I think he'll see more throughout the second half of the season yeah. with, with Jamar hurt for who knows how long, but I mean, he's just been a consistent tight end and that's hard to find. Um, really surprised by him. He looks good. He's kind of an undersized and, and, and good catching tight end, but uh, he's really been good. He's getting targets. He's, he's getting good looks. I'm I'm surprised Hayden Hurst is a viable tight end this year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I did not think Hayden Hurst. I actually thought that the Bengals did themselves a disservice when they allowed Yuzma to go off to the Jets. I thought he really came along at the end of the season, but Hayden Hurst has filled in admirably for him. Let's move on to the disappointments when it comes to tight ends. And my three disappointments are Kyle Pitts, Dawson Knox, and Tyler Higby. And I'll highlight Kyle Pitts. I was never a Kyle Pitts fan. The fact that at the beginning of the season, people were putting Kyle Pitts in the top three, along with Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, was just preposterous. Like I have no idea why anyone thought that this guy was going to be a top tight end like on the Mark Andrews and the Kelsey level. He doesn't have a quarterback that throws a lot. We mentioned Marcus Mariota is a nice surprise for fantasy, but that's because of his legs. It's not because of his throwing. Drake London will tell you that, who is also one of my disappointments for wide receivers. Kyle Pitts should be a top guy. I almost put George Kittle here, but then George Kittle had a fantastic game last night. And every now and then George Kittle will have a breakout game. I don't think Kyle Pitts has had one breakout game this entire season. And he won't because unfortunately he did just get injured this past week and his season is over. But when it comes to fantasy and the fact that he was going as a number third tight end is just ridiculous. So Kyle Pitts, number one fantasy disappointment for me. How about you, Jacob? Yeah, I'm going to go with Mike Gusecki of Miami, Noah Font, and then George Kittle. I mean, Kittle did have a great game last week, but I think it's the injuries for me. And then just the the lack of or, or the multitude of options in San Francisco, right? Same thing as Debo. Kittle could Kittle could put up two points in any week, and the 49ers could still win and score 30 points, right? There's just so many mouths to feed. And Kittle was a guy who was, was kind of drafted around the tight end four, tight end five slot, and he's not performing at that level this year. Yeah, definitely. I know Kittle is a disappointment just because 
people do because he is good when he catches the ball. Like that's the sad part is he is talented, but depending on the game plan, sometimes they'll exclusively exclusively use him for blocking. So I can't say it's his fault. That's why I didn't necessarily put him in there, but yeah, definitely can see that as well. All right. Well, let's now that we've recapped all the surprises and disappointments from the major positions, let's play the ne- the newest segment we had. We introduced it last week. It was a nice, uh, nice little addition to this podcast. And that is a segment we like to call start bench and cut. So it's my turn this week and I'm going to give Jacob three players on the same position. He has to decide for the rest of the season if he which one he's going to start which one he's going to bench and which one he's going to cut. So Jacob, are you ready? Oh yeah. All right. Let's start with the quarterback situation. Justin Herbert, Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers. Who would you start? Who would you bench and who would you cut? Yeah. So I think Herbert is my starter. Um, Herbert is going to be potentially going to be in the hall of fame. I mean, I think this guy is, is on another level just in terms of arm talent. I mean, the throws he makes backing up, and, and just basically shot putting the ball 40 yards down the field and, and being accurate with it. He's unbelievable. He's had a lot of injuries with his receivers, but, you know, we saw they, they were back on Sunday Night Football and he performed really well. Um, I think he's kind of a top five QB for the rest of the year. He was certainly drafted as such. Uh, so he's my starter. I think I'm going to bench Aaron Rodgers just because of the talent, right? He's so much better than golf. Christian Watson is coming alive a little bit. Aaron Jones catches the ball and then runs in for touchdowns every once in a while. I think the Packers are are coming alive a little bit. They certainly did so against the the Cowboys. Um, so I mean, he's going on my bench. And then Golf, you know, I thought he was Golf was real good at the start of the season, but he's come back down to earth. I mean, the Lions are winning, but it, it it's you know, scored a lot of rushing touchdowns last week. I mean, Golf's not bad. I just don't think he's he's on the level of talent as those other two. So I'm dropping him. Yeah, that's good. I would probably do the same. All right, let's move to the running back situation. And I decided to focus on the top three running backs that were going at the beginning of the season. So, Jacob, start, bench, or cut out of these three? Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, so this is tough between McCaffrey and Henry. I think I'm going to start Henry because the Tennessee offense runs through Henry. He's seeing more receptions and – you know, their game plan is to get Derrick Henry the ball and to basically run people over. Um, Derrick Henry is now back to being the the number one running back, at least in my league. Uh, c is good. You know, he's great, but he he's just not getting enough touches in San Francisco to warrant being the best running back in the league, right? I understand he's going to be incredibly efficient. I understand he's going to get some touchdowns, but he's not going to see the usage because of all the other threats they have. And I guess I'm cutting Jonathan Taylor, right? He's been a pretty big disappointment this year. I mean, he had a pretty good game last weekend. But, I mean, you, we said this at the start of the year, right? You're drafting Jonathan Taylor at his absolute peak. Right. I mean, the, the, the Colts are not the same team this year as they was were last year. They're not running the ball as much. They have Matt Ryan, who they're, they're throwing it more. They're throwing it to Pittman. They've got some good receivers. He's just not, not the same. He's not in the same position as he was last year. So I'm going to drop him. Yeah, I would probably switch up C-Mac and Derrick Henry just because I love C-Mac's versatility. He can catch the ball. He can even throw the ball for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. so I would switch those up. Let's move on to wide receiver. Jacob, start, bench, or cut? Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, and CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, so this is a tough one. 
I mean, C.D. Lamb is an absolute beast, and I know that the Cowboys are thinking about signing Odell, so that might hurt him a little bit. Anyways, I do think he is my drop here. I mean, you're going, you're having him slated against the top two wide receivers, um, or, or or two of the top three. I think Tyreek's in there as well, but you know, I think I'm going to start Justin Jefferson here. I think I'm going to bench Stephon Diggs. And, you know, that's a really tough decision because they're both so good. But Justin Jefferson runs that offense. Um, Stephon Diggs is obviously a huge part of what they do in Buffalo. I just think Justin Jefferson's a little bit better. I think he has less weapons around him to a degree. Um but it's a tough decision. I really, that's kind of a toss up to me, to be honest, between Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson. But I'm going to start yeah. Jefferson and I'm going to bench Diggs. I'm always partial to Diggs. I've liked Diggs since he was in Minnesota. And we talked about this many times on the podcast. If someone's your guy, you go with your guy. Stefan Diggs is my guy. So I would always go with him, even over Justin Jefferson. I don't think you really could argue between the two. They both are just explosive. But just because Stephon Diggs has always been my guy, I would start him. All right, last position, Jacob, tight end. Who would you start bench and cut between TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, and George Kittle? Yeah. So I love Hawkinson, right? Hawkinson is my guy. Um, I loved him when Stafford was in Detroit. He's an unbelievable talent. He carries himself incredibly well. He is tough. He is fast. He catches. I mean, he is an elite, elite tight end. And you're seeing that in, in Minnesota. I mean, he has put up three very good weeks back to back to back. And by this point, he probably knows the offense. And and if the Vikings did anything last week, Hawkinson was going to get a touchdown and he would have had an unbelievable week yet again. You know, it, you can call me crazy, but I'm going to start TJ Hawkinson here. Um, I believe in TJ Hawkinson's talent. Um, Kirk Cousins is okay as long as we're not playing in prime time. And I know Justin Jefferson is is unbelievable. Those are their two options on the offense, right? They're, they're running the ball with Cook, and they're throwing to these two guys. Yeah, I think Hawkinson puts up crazy numbers for the rest of the season. I really do. Uh, then I'm going to bench Mark Andrews because Kittle just, you know, there's too many threats in San Francisco. Kittle's good, or, or Andrews good, though. Andrews has been unbelievable this year. I mean, yeah. I'm just a, a Hawkinson truther, so I'm taking a risk on him. Yeah, that's can't argue with that. I, I never disagree about people when they take their guys. So let's move on to the next segment. And Jacob and I, we have three great Thanksgiving Day games. I know a lot of people will not only bet on the games, but they will play some daily fantasy that's just based on the three Thanksgiving games. We got the morning game, well, morning on the Pacific Coast, which will be the Bills and the Lions. Then we have the Giants and the Cowboys followed by the Vikings and Patriots. So three really good games. A lot of them with playoff implications. So, Jacob, we're going to pick who we think is going to be the top scorer on Thanksgiving Day for each position. So I'll go first, and we'll start with the quarterback. I think Josh Allen's going to be the top Thanksgiving Day scorer for the quarterback. He's going against the Lions, who still, even though they've been doing a little better lately, they still have a really bad defense, particularly in the secondary. The Giants weren't able to take advantage of that because not only do the Giants have zero receivers, but it was very windy in New York last week. And that, if, well, I should say New Jersey, they do play New Jersey, that it was very windy there. So I think that playing in the dome when they're going to be in Detroit, 
I think Josh Allen has is back. I think he had a good game last week against the Browns. That proved a lot of his doubters wrong. I think he's just going to explode against them. I think he wants that turkey leg. He got it last year, <laughs> like the year before, one of those. So I think Josh Allen's going to be the top quarterback on Thanksgiving. How about you? Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen's a solid pick. The over-under for this game is 54, which is about as high as it gets in the NFL. I mean, you have the, uh, the Lions who are – Going to score points and going to give up points. You know that for sure. I'm going with with Dak Prescott. Um, I know the Giants have a pretty good defense. They did get exposed a little bit yep. um, last week against the Lions. I mean, I think we talked about that. That was a real potential upset for them, and it happened. Um, Dak is back. He's healthy. He's got a running back in TJ, you know, in Tony Pollard now, who is going to catch passes and boost his stats, maybe a receiving touchdown. He's got CeeDee Lamb. He's got Dalton Schultz. I mean – the Cowboys, when they go off, they go off like no other team. I mean, the Cowboys in the last two or three seasons have put up 40 or plus points more than anybody. I mean, I don't have the stats on it, but last year it was unbelievable how many times they basically blew teams out of the water. And it could be another one of those games. And if it is, you know, Dak could have four, maybe even five touchdowns. Um, it, it's really a possibility that Dak just goes crazy on Thanksgiving. God, I hope not. I'm a New York Giants fan, so... <laughs> Maybe some of my picks might have been a little biased, but no, not really. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the running back. And I think Saquon Barkley is going to be the top running back this week. He had a terrible game last week. He only ran for 22 yards on 15 carries. It was just tough to get any offense generated in that game. I always love in fantasy backing guys that had that are stars and had bad previous weeks. I do it all the time with Devontae Adams. If he had a bad week, he's I know he's just going to go off next week. I think this is the case for Saquon Barkley. He had a terrible game last week. I think he's just going to run all over the Dallas defense. Dallas does have a very good defense, but we saw a few weeks ago when Dallas played Green Bay that Aaron Jones was able to totally run all over them. I know that was mostly a Christian Watson game. But still, they do. They can be vulnerable to the run sometimes. I think Saquon does have a breakout game this week. How about you, Jacob? Yeah, you know, I'm going with a surprise pick here. I'm going with Damian Harris. Oh, that is a surprise. You know, Ramahandre was, you know, I, I saw articles saying, you know, this guy is the clear-cut starter in New England. And now after last week, Harris, you know, averaged about eight yards per carry. And, and, and Ramahandre didn't do much at all. Um, Minnesota's not good against the run. They're ranked 20th. It's it's definitely a, a place where they are exposed. They got exposed last week for sure. And Damian Harris can can break a game open. He he can really run the ball, and, and the Pats are going to be running the ball a ton this game. You know, if Damian Harris runs 18 times, he could see 100-plus yards, and he could see two touchdowns in this game. And that could put him as the, the leading running back. I think it's a sneaky pick, but I, I think it's a good one. No, that is a good pick. You know – sometimes how you win your daily fantasy league is when you take guys that no one usually gets because no everyone could predict the usual names to have good weeks and I would say more times than not sometimes those guys that you think it's going to have good games don't and you always get the guys that people just overlook they're very cheap when it comes to daily fantasy and that's a guy like Damian Harris so maybe if you spend money on other positions. Maybe you want a Justin Jefferson or Stefan Diggs for wide receiver. Damian Harrison, Damian Harris will come cheap at running back. So he's a good guy to compliment you. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. So I'm going to be totally unoriginal here. 
And I think Justin Jefferson is going to be the number one running wide receiver this weekend. I mentioned before how I love guys bouncing back. Justin Jefferson did not have a good game last week against the Cowboys. I believe he only had three catches for 33 yards. I think he's going to explode against the Patriots this week. He's definitely going to bounce back. He's going to get a lot more targets than just the five that he got this past Sunday. I think Kirk Cousins will also bounce back and have a good game. I know it's in prime time, but it is Thanksgiving. Guys tend to show up on Thanksgiving. So I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson here. How about you, Jacob? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of making a surprise pick here. I think the obvious answer is Stefan Diggs. Um, but I think CeeDee Lamb may show up big time. Uh, you know, I, I already said Dak is going to have a big week, and I think it's going to go to CeeDee Lamb. Um, you know, the Giants are, are pretty good on D, but they may not be a match for Dak and, and the, the Cowboys passing offense. Um, CeeDee Lamb is an unbelievable player. Um, in terms of raw ability, just just so such good body control. It's a little crazy. And, you know, he could go wild. He could he could catch deep passes. He can catch touchdowns. I think it's a solid week for him on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's that's a good pick. Again, I, I hate I hate for, for it to happen because I am a New York Giants fan, but definitely could totally see that if Dak has a good game, that usually means CeeDee Lamb has a good game. All right. Well, everyone, I want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. I know I am looking forward to just relaxing, having a nice glass of wine, watching some football, eating some good food. I am vegetarian, so I can't be saying I will be eating turkey, but I will be eating every side dish. And I love the side dishes. I love all the mashed potatoes. I love everything that you got to give me as a side to eat. And I feel like I get to eat more because I don't get full on turkey. Well, before we head out, Jacob, any last words of advice or thoughts you'd like to share with the audience? You know, I guess I'll reiterate, have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, don't forget to set your DFS lineups the night before because those games start early if you're on Pacific time. Um, and yeah, you know, hope everyone's doing well. Hope you're enjoying the football season and we'll see you next week. All right, everyone. Take care.